Welcome to the Think Kingdom Podcast. I am Marcus Looney, the Creative Arts Director here at Think Kingdom. Join us as we continue the series Filters, Seeing Through a Kingdom Lens. So let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's Word has for us with our lead pastor, Antoine Lasseter. Today's message is centered on blessed are uh, the persecuted. And the whole sermon series is Filters, I see into a kingdom lens, persecution um, through a kingdom lens is going to be our focus point uh, for the next few moments. So gather your family, grab your Bibles, and let's just go ahead and dive into the word of God. Uh, Matthew chapter five, uh, verse one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We, Jesus, man, Jesus is unpacking once again uh, the kingdom and kingdom behavior and how kingdom citizens are blessed uh, despite of what happens. But we go from peacemakers to the persecuted. See, the Sermon on the Mount includes the Beatitudes and Jesus is wrapping up what a blessed life looks like by closing on what appears to be a downer. I, I believe that Jesus is not concerned with his likes or his followers. Uh, he's basically saying, follow me to suffering. Like we are called to live um, lives that extend beyond our selfies, our social media posts, our degrees, our accomplishments, successes, gains, and dreams. And so he is letting us know from the jump that this life, this kingdom life, will not be free from opposition or resistance or even persecution, but will be marked by it. Followers of Christ are married to the mission of Christ. And there will be times when no matter how hard we try to make peace, that some will refuse to live at peace with us. There, are, there will come a time where the peace we extend will be rejected. And not all attempts to live peaceably or reconcile will be accepted. Jesus is saying here, we will experience persecution. Not only is this counterculture, uh, but it goes against, unfortunately, the prevailing thought of even some believers. Sometimes we think that suffering is individualistic, meaning suffering alone is personalized and it equals to our own personal calling. And so, I've also seen how we continue to add adjectives to uh, our faith walk. Having faith alone isn't enough. We add adjectives to it. Like we have 
giant faith or we have courageous faith or crazy faith. But scripture clearly says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, now faith is the assurance of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. But inadvertently, because we keep using these adjectives, we create this gap between what is occurring in the life of someone with this crazy, mind-blowing testimony with our own. But Jesus, however, isn't merely talking to the super saved or legends of the faith, but he's talking to all of us. So in spite of how we feel our testimony or lives fit into the kingdom, Jesus is talking to all of us. That this is not persecution based on public persona or your level of influence or having bold predictions or some miraculous event that happens uh, to you. But it's literally for being a Christ follower. See, we are typically moved when resistance comes or friction is stirred because of our beliefs. So it sometimes rattles our cages when we say something um, uh, concerning our faith and there's pushback. Uh, and sometimes we confuse life stuff with persecution. Uh, give you an example. A flat tire isn't persecution. No more than laziness is divine. And so Jesus is speaking from a kingdom lens, a kingdom perspective. And in this world, things break down. And in a broken world, people let you down. But Jesus is, is speaking specifically about the cost of discipleship. What it costs to follow him. Jesus is letting us know that righteousness will be met with opposition. But blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He goes from a third person perspective. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. But then he points to second person. You are blessed. Uh, Jesus basically gives us two reasons we as Christ followers will be persecuted. Those two reasons found in verse uh, number 10. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. The second reason that um, we um, will be persecuted as Christ followers uh, is because of, quite frankly, Jesus. So we are going to be persecuted because of righteousness and Jesus. Now, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and nine, we have to remember that we are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from ourselves. It's a it's it's God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. In other words, uh, what what we, I'm having to remind us all of that our it's not our righteousness, it's His 
Righteousness is a complete orientation of life toward God and his will. Uh, this uh, is long obedience in the direction of Jesus. And so uh, what this creates for the believer is a long obedience in the direction of Jesus. And this will lead to a highly visible life. You stand out, but not a popular one. In other words, people around you may see how you are anti-culture, not um, um, bold or disrespecting the culture. But when we are Christ followers, we have a tendency to go against the grain. And so that causes us to have a visible life. Remember, I'm not talking about fame. I'm talking about popularity. I'm saying if everyone is walking this way and you're going that way, that you will be noticed. So righteousness is long obedience in the direction of Jesus that is given to us as a gift because we're saved by grace through faith. Righteousness is uh, persevering. And perseverance is like a fruit tree. Um, the last thing that grows on a fruit tree is actually the fruit. So perseverance is remaining steadfast, long obedience in the direction of Jesus. Our confession of faith in Jesus and following Jesus is what righteousness is. 2 Timothy 13 and 12. Indeed, all who desire, all includes all and excludes none, to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I want you to think about that for a moment. If we are Christ followers, following Jesus, the Apostle Paul and the words of Jesus in the in um, verse number 10, but here specifically, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 3 and 12 is saying, we will be persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right, which is the following the ways of Jesus. Doing right is putting into practice the teaching of Jesus. And Jesus' teachings uh, basically falls into three categories. The first one is the reality of the kingdom of God. Um, Jesus, throughout his ministry, his earthly ministry, uh, will say things, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he says, the time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. From then on, Jesus in Matthew chapter four, verse 17, began to preach. What did he preach? Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. In Luke chapter four, verse number 43, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. Jesus is referring to the kingdom of God, both present, meaning now, his arrival when he showed up in his earthly ministry and the future. Not yet. It's his return. So Jesus comes from heaven to earth, ushering in the kingdom. So believers, um, we live with the reality of the kingdom of God. And that is part, partly um, um, the reason 
for our persecution. In other words, we are no longer a part of the world. Uh, we said a few weeks ago that uh, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence um, um, takes it by force. The, the kingdom of God is contested in the world and the kingdom will not be fully experienced until Jesus returns keep keep watching keep I'm going somewhere so what this is what this is what Jesus is saying that the, the reality of the kingdom um, is confronts the the kingdom of this world we are no longer a part of the world and this is the reality of the kingdom that believers experience that we are no longer a part of the world John 15 and 19 solidifies this point when he says to his followers that you are no longer part of the world. You with me now. You're a kingdom citizen. So the first, first persecution comes because of reality and us being aware of the kingdom of God. And the second reason it comes um, because we're living in the kingdom of God. Jesus also spends time telling us how to live in the kingdom is probably better articulated in this way. He tells us uh, how to conduct ourselves as kingdom citizens. Uh, it is a both private and public, uh, no, it's, a, it's both uh, personal and public. The, the challenges we have now is our inability to see the connectedness the, the connectedness of it all. In other words, when we talk about being a personal savior, he's yes, he's my Lord and Savior. It's personal. I we made the confession, Christ followers, but I that does not um, uh, make me live in isolation. So I have a personal experience with Christ that's played out publicly. And so what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter five, verse forty-eight, uh, he's he's looking at us personally and privately, I mean personal and publicly. So we are prone because of how we are uh, to look for a systemic approach to behavior. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do this. That's the law. But Jesus in a way never offers this approach clearly. But he says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 48, uh, but you are to be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. What? I can't be perfect, right? So we, I don't have time to unpack the riches of what Jesus is saying, but the way of Jesus begins in the heart, inward, and not just outward um, obedience. So living in the kingdom requires Christ living in us. Yes. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And loving our neighbors as ourselves is how we live in the kingdom. My relationship with God, my relationship with myself, and my relationship with others. This is Jesus' teachings. Again, its persecution comes as a result of putting into practice the teachings of Jesus. It's living in the kingdom. I have an awareness of the kingdom, and now I live in the kingdom. So those who follow Jesus faithfully should expect to experience a measure of rejection. Newsflash, talking to you who, who's watching, as Christ followers, in the world, we don't fit in. Yes, we're a peculiar 
people. But we're not persecuted because we're peculiar or strange or weird. We're persecuted because of righteousness and because of Jesus. Remember, the teachings of Jesus is inward out. And so further down the, the, the chapter, around about verse number 21, um, Jesus says it this way. You have, sir, you have heard um, it said to our ancestors, uh, do not murder, and who eat, whoever murders will be subject to the judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So he's moving what is seen, behavior, to what only God can see, heart. So Jesus' teaching is inward out. Verse number 27 of chapter 5, uh, 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 chapter 5 of Matthew. You have heard it said, Jesus, counterculture. And I mean, think about this. You have, sir, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He goes on in verse number 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, because it is God's throne. Who are you to take an oath by God's throne? So Jesus' way is inward out. Remember, followers of Jesus keeps the practice of Jesus to the forefront. Jesus is the center. We are taught what he does. We do what Jesus did. Persecution for righteousness, not for wrongdoing. We must not confuse persecution with punishment. Punishment is the, is the result of doing wrong. So active hate against us is a result of, of righteousness um, despite being clothed in the garments of humility. They hate us despite the humility that may go before us. They hate us um, despite having a pure, a pure heart. So we are warned by Jesus that we will encounter resistance. But opposition should be the result of faithfulness, not the consequence of foolishness. They oppose us because we're faithful to the way of Christ, not because of some of the stuff that should not be named among the saints. I'm watching believers fall victim to conspiracy theories and dark web ideologies. It's righteousness and because of Jesus is the reason why we are persecuted. Because there is such a, tense, a tension between the message and the ways of Jesus with, with the world that conflict is guaranteed. And being a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, versus the nature of man sets us up for a collision course. I'm following Christ and all the people around me who are not, despite being poor, poor in spirit, despite I'm being poor in spirit, um, despite uh, mourning my own sins and being hungry and thirsty for righteousness, being merciful 
pure in heart, and a peacemaker. I'm still in this constant conflict with the people around me who don't name the name of Christ. Yes, righteousness and Jesus is the reason why Jesus is saying, bless other persecuted. My persecution doesn't come because of my foolishness. The consequence of my foolishness, persecution comes as a result of our faithfulness. Verse 11 of chapter 5. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Because of me. Jesus is speaking. Now, Jesus is controversial. I know we like to paint this picture that uh, Jesus is just this uh, this this loving he is he's very loving but Jesus also is loving and tells the truth and sometimes we weigh heavily on one side we either beat people over um, beat people with hammers of truth and no grace or we give them pillows of grace with no truth and what Jesus does is Jesus is controversial no he's not okay uh, John chapter 14 verse 6 I am the way the truth and the life no man uh, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. That's controversial. John 8, chapter 24. Therefore, I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. He's talking to the Pharisees. That's controversial. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. That is controversial. John chapter 15 verse 18. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world will love you as its own. That, my friends, are controversial. If the gospel is hidden, it's hidden to those who are lost. So we will be ridiculed, mocked, not understood because of this crazy gospel that we preach, teach, and live out. And we've been experiencing it ever since, you know, the last few weeks of being online. That people are making comments about the foolishness of the gospel. Now, here is the reality. That's not persecution. No, because we still have avenues that we can share our gospel. We may be laughed at. We may be challenged. We may be poked fun at. But that's not persecution. Because we still have an opportunity in all the byways and the highways, the internet, all the hidden spaces and the lit space, lighted spaces, all those things that we can share the gospel. But the controversy of Christ will lead. We may not be there yet. It can be argued with things that are happening in Washington, even as I speak, that, that, that it's coming. But yes, I agree, but it's not yet. Because persecution is a result of righteousness and Jesus and who Jesus is and us as believers proclaiming who Jesus is. And this separates us from every other religion out there. In your time, read Acts chapter 4 and what happened to Peter and John when they began to preach the gospel. They were taken into custody. And later on um, in the book of Acts, they were beaten. The disciples were beaten for preaching Jesus. 
I'm not talking about what we, I'm from the United States, what we are experiencing on this North American um, continent. No, we, we experience what I, what I think Michael Corrin has, uh, has um, termed um, comfortable martyrdom, which means the punishment is light, is basically rejection of authority is more performative, and suffering is anemic. What are you saying? I'm saying uh, that he's saying that comfortable martyrdom is where inconvenience um, creates a disruption or a temporary disruption in our livelihood versus the loss of life. The disciples' lives were at stake. Some, some of our forefathers, of a, um, when they expressed their faith, they lost their lives as a result of the expressing of their faith. That Jesus Christ is Lord. And there's no other way that men can be saved except by the name and the belief and the faith in Jesus Christ. Here, we may pay fines and go to county, but we come back as heroes. Not in caskets. So mask, mask mandates, I'm not saying it's not a road to it, but mask mandates isn't Persecution. Everyone has to wear them or is recommended to wear them. Not just the church. Every business was asked to close for a season. And I know there were some exceptions and there was um, uh, casinos and some places of ill rapport that were open. I get that. My point is it wasn't just churches. I mean, we still gather, we can still broadcast Jesus on airways and carry Bibles and such. That's not persecution. Again, we may be headed that way, but let's not confuse persecution of what we go through here. Uh, we may be headed that way, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, according to Christianity Today, um, Open Doors, every day, eight Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. Every week, 182 churches of, or Christian buildings are attacked. Every month, 309 Christians are imprisoned unjustly. That's persecution. So again, I'm not saying that I agree with all the things that are happening in this country. And I'm not even saying that we're not headed that way. But what Jesus is referring to, blessing those who are persecuted for righteousness because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And if we are reviled, man, if we are persecuted for him, insulted for him, and falsely, people say falsely, say every kind of evil for him. He's calling us blessed. Wow. Verse number 12. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Breathe in those four words. Be glad and rejoice. Why? Because your reward is great in heaven. So we must turn our hearts to heaven. 
Because when persecution comes, not if it comes, but when persecution comes, as the culture changes, and, and, and let's, just, let's just take the world out of it for a second. As the culture change of the people of God towards the things of God, if you look through church history, no, if you look through Bible history, if, if you look through the Old Testament and God's relationship with Israel, he characterized them as a stiff-necked people. They, they would go these rhythms of, of, of leading lives that were pleasing and acceptable to God. And then they would turn. They, 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 they would turn and wouldn't put God in his rightful place. And they found themselves drifting towards sin. And so all the things that are happening in our country, we look to the government, we look to public officials. But when you look at scripture, when you look at God's people's response, is to turn their hearts towards God. And so if we're going to be able to endure the persecution that Jesus spells out, and as he hangs out with his disciples, he spells it out even more. Like these things are about to happen. This is what he's talking to the disciples. Your question then becomes, well, but pastor, how can I endure? Second Corinthians 4 and 17 says, for this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Because we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. So in order for us to be able to endure the persecution, we must turn our hearts to heaven and understand that all of these afflictions, all of these challenges that we may be facing in the coming years, some will see it in their lifetimes, others won't. And we're talking about the persecution of of our faith as it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the management of our suffering because of life, because of, of those types of things. We're talking about what Jesus is referring to in this scripture. We are talking about the faith and holding on to our most precious faith. Persecution comes because of righteousness in Jesus, and that is the relationship we have in Jesus. If we want to see through a kingdom lens, we have to understand that the kingdom lens is seen through the lens of the king. So Christ's likeness or being Christian will cause us to walk against the grain. And here's what I want to sort of uh, talk to you about real, real quick. As you begin to sort of all of us begin to have these avenues that we can share our faith, be it online, be it in person what have you. And I'm not talking about in the formal sense of church. I'm talking about in our daily walk. Some of us um, are being attacked or persecuted um, just really based on John chapter 3 verse 20 and 21. It's not just, just listen to this. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Some, even on your workplace, your places of, of, of school, what have you, everyone who does evil hates the light. So just being a light brings challenges, brings changes and things that go against what our faith is. 
But here's what our response, and I'm gonna leave you with this. Here's what our response to persecutions should be. And I'm just gonna give you four quick responses. First is stay in the word, stay in the Bible. As Christ followers, Jesus Christ is our confidence. His character is our confidence. His promises are contained in the word of God. But if we don't know the word of God, we don't know his promises. Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We must stay in the word of God. Daily habits of engaging the word of God. Not just reading a scripture, but reading that scripture both day and night. Rehearsing that scripture in your mind. Start some stay in the word of God. The second thing that we have to, um, our response to persecution should be, is to guard against compromise. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments, period. If we love him, we keep his commandments. Because he reminds us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, that we can't serve two masters. For either we will hate the one and love the other, or we, be or we will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Compromise seeks to be devoted to two masters. Can't do it. Even if the master is your thoughts, your emotions, your heart. You can't be devoted to your heart and God's heart at the same time. That's compromise. The third thing is love our enemies. Love our enemies. Romans chapter 12 says it this way. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Think about this. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, as long as it depends on on Pastor Antoine, as long as it depends on us, we would desire to live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. I don't have to pay you back. I'm not looking to pay you back. I'm not even trying to make right the wrong you did against me. I, our heart should be, we want to live in peace with everyone. So we Share our loving stance. We share boldness. And we, say, we, we share boldly. And we share in the most humble way that we know how. And people are going to hate us. You know why? Because everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it. And so we share our faith in love. Recognizing that some... No matter how pure heart we are, no matter how humble we are, merciful we are, will hate us. But our response is to love. And finally, the fourth point, responses to persecution. Stay in the word, guard against compromise, love our enemies, and pray for those who persecute us. And the reason why we pray for those who persecute us is for Ephesians 6 and 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil 
spiritual forces in the heavens. So we will face persecution, but we are comforted by the, the, the words of Jesus that much is our reward when we are persecuted for righteousness and because of him, meaning Jesus. So if you're feeling the weight of your faith, remember, I'm not talking about individual struggles. That plays a part. And he he's comforts, he's comforts us. We're talking about persecution in the intended purpose of the text. And persecution comes because of righteousness and because of Jesus. And our response should be staying in his word, staying abiding in him through the comfort of his word, the conviction of his word, guarding against compromise. And how we guard against compromise is guarding our heart by loving our enemies. We can't love our enemies without the, without the help of the Holy Spirit. And we get that help for praying for those who persecute against us. And thank you, Pastor Antoine, for that great message. He shows us that persecution comes because of the reality of the kingdom of God, because of living in the kingdom of God, and because of the Lord of the kingdom of God. If you listen to this podcast consistently and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. We, of course, want to thank all of our new friends turned family to think kingdom. And if you haven't, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, the full series and so much more right here exclusively on our Think Kingdom podcast. Hey.